This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BedfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Irish musician Danny Burns began his career as a traveling folk singer nearly 20 years ago. He spent 19 of those years living here in the United States. However, he considers his new CD project, North Country, actually his debut project. Danny is my guest here on the next edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yep, good to chat with you. So uh, we were we were talking uh, offline here a minute ago. You, you've been on the road pretty good here the last couple of days. Yeah, traveling. We're on our way to Louisiana. Uh, just left D.C. yesterday, so uh, we'll be hitting Nashville shortly. Uh, stopping for a few hours and then heading on down the road. <laughs> is, is that a pretty normal schedule for you right now? Uh, this it's uh, March has been busy enough. Uh, January was very busy with the record release, and then and, and, and into February was, uh, was was more DC just stuff. Yeah, yeah. Usually this time of, this time of March being uh, a busy month, with lots of travel. Usually, yeah, pretty standard. Yeah, okay. So um, we're we're gonna kind of chat a little bit about the new record, North Country, and uh, reading through some of the press material, it's sort of been dubbed your debut CD. But you've been at this for a while, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I suppose I just kind of we kind of discussed that when we were putting it out, and I just kind of felt obviously we recordings before, and then kind of retracted some demos and done all sorts of stuff over the years. But then I suppose it was kind of the thing. First one I was officially 100 uh, percent involved with, and I'm, I'm happy with you. Yeah, um, you grew up in Ireland. Do I have that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, in the northwest of Ireland, a place called Donegal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my family lived out here in the 80s. And my oldest brother stayed, went to university, everything else worked in New York. So I used to spend some of the summers coming back with him. And, and uh, then when I, I got offered a working gig when I was a touring gig when I was about 18. So I, I came back and been, been doing that since, you know. So you've been a, a working musician since you were 18. Is that right? Uh, I'd say, yeah, I've been a musician probably since I was 16 back in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, my 
uncle and well, they're both working musicians. So okay, started picking up. It kind of started selling out gigs to me when I was sixteen. So you you had you grew up in a extremely musical environment. Then it sounds like. Yeah, uh, there was always um, amps and TV systems and all sorts of equipment hanging around the house, and people coming and borrowing stuff, putting stuff off. So yeah, we were all I was. Uh, you, you know, you, you made the bread and butter more contagion. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you recall a point or uh, in your younger childhood when it uh, uh, was something for you that you knew this is what you were going to do? Uh, when well, I started playing, uh, started playing in, in, in one of the traditional bands, the traditional Irish music bands, and then started doing the more, uh, kind of was doing bar gigs and rock covers and country covers and stuff like that. And I suppose to be honest, probably when I had little little um little beginning job like dish doing dishwashing or, or, or construction jobs like that when I was younger. Then I started to put a few things out and I started making some money. So <laughs> and it was it was a lot different. Uh you know, you were going out and you're enjoying yourself and playing music and getting paid for it so that, that was kinda of, Factory, yeah, yeah. So, um, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you had um, done a few different projects, and um, if I understood correctly, had, had never really released any of those yet. So, kind of made this your debut CD. How long have you been working on this particular album? Um, this record came out on January 18th, and I suppose the production started probably. Uh, 2000, I'd say pre-production and demoing started in 2012, 2013. So, I'm maybe between 2013 and 2014, it started. We moved up around New Orleans and to the DC area. I started playing with a lot of bluegrass guys, and the songs started to take a shape in the live situation with with, with those arrangements. So, um, I would say it was four years, probably four years okay. in the making. It was ready. It was it was a master the year before it was released. So January eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. So it would have been ready. It was probably first January eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. And have you been able to tour with these songs along the way, or, or do you have other songs in your repertoire that are originals that you've mixed in with this? What is a what's a set look like for you leading up to this record? Uh, the set is days I tried to get as much of the album in currently before the album was released we did songs I mean some of the songs which is great big see I wrote that when I was about 19 so that's been around a long time um, and I said uh, yeah a lot of the songs it's kind of another thing where I got felt comfortable with this record all, all those songs on there had had seen been road tested for uh, you know for many years You're right so okay. uh that's kind of, I, I felt that there was no second guessing with, with any of these ones uh, because they were just, we'd give them for so long, they got responses out live, so I kind of knew that we just had to get them right in the studio, you know? Yeah. Are, are these songs that you, you've written personally? Yeah, I've written all the songs on here. I haven't done the whole co-writing thing yet or before, but yeah. I'm actually, we haven't, I'm going to be doing a bit of it now later in the month with some friends in Nashville, so. That'll be an experience. And some of a session with Dan Tominski uh, in the month and Sean Camp, a few other people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I was looking at the list of folks that you've worked with, um, uh, Holly Williams, Mindy Smith, Sam Bush, Jerry Douglas, Tim O'Brien, e- even uh, Critter from, from the old Crow Medicine show. What what led you to bring that group of folks in to work with you on this record? I just, I was just doing a, I was, I was, I took my time with it. Um, I'd go down to Nashville, I'd book some studio time, I'd cut some stuff that did this, and then whenever I'd get to, get to the song, the billions in them, I'd think of who I wanted, I wanted it to be like a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mean, I would have been out gigging, I would have been like opening for Jerry or opening for Sam. And I'm a big fan of, really big fan of Mindy. And I just kind of went down through the songs and, and I wasn't, I didn't have a producer at all. So I was trying to produce, I did produce it myself. So okay. I was just kind of thinking of who, who would be cool here or who would be cool there. And, and I just reached out to different folks and we just said yes. And then yeah. and, so so yeah. these are all people that you've had the opportunity to play with at some point. Uh, yes. The majority of them played with or opened for or been on shows with like events like I met um, Cliff Merritt up in New York City at a city winery at a Teddy Thompson Beverly Brothers tribute mm-hmm. years back. Yeah. And that, that was a real cool night. There was tons of great guests on that show and got to meet people and I kind of sent her the demo for that, I think. Yeah. So then we got together that night and I was we discussed it. Yeah, she's not a bit so we actually got that over in the cover vocals over in uh, Studio G in Brooklyn. Oh cool. Okay. But then the Buddhist and I think we tracked the band inside Charlottesville, Virginia. Um that's White Star Sound, I think. Yeah. So it happened in a bunch of places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the album has a very um uh, distinctive sound. There's clearly elements of, of bluegrass in it but there's other influences too do you uh, do you call it bluegrass or what do you what do you feel like best kind of describes what you guys do as a band um well, as a record goes i think that i i said i'd kind of make an acoustic record that was definitely influenced and utilizing bluegrass sounds as, as, as the vessel for and like when I did one of the earliest sessions we did was with Tim O'Brien mm-hmm. at at John Prine's place in Nashville, they called the Bush Butcher Shop, that right. John and Fergie's place. Okay. And we were going to do a similar thing. Tim Prine had brought us there, and then it was me and Tim, and then young Sam and Tim introduced me to Sam, and Sam was playing bass. So it was just the three of us. Uh, we tried to live. We did Darling Ocean, which is a track on there. We did that live. and Tim was just asking what do you want to do on this and I kinda of discussed with him if you know, if I had landed over at the turn of the century from Ireland and he was there moving West Virginia where his people are from mm-hmm. came from Ireland. And, yeah, I was just kinda of thinking like if we were up we're both the same age in you know, early twenties and we started jamming out together and he was doing his West Virginia his influence on music from the West Virginia and I was doing my thing from Ireland with that sound and I had that Blend into this kind of mm-hmm. cool. Appalachian kind of sounding. So that's that's what I was kind of going for. Like whenever I worked with Sam or Jerry or anybody, I was kind of I wanted them to bring their their um, indigenous sounds to it. You know, yeah, and yeah. 
that was going to be cooked. So as regards what I would call it, I think it's happening. There's been some nice uh, language used by some journalists, like someone called it the reference in transatlantic sessions. So I guess it's acoustic, bluegrass influenced, mm-hmm. Americana, uh, a transatlantic, which definitely influences of Celtic music in there too. So yeah, I, I was just going back to the, in my opinion, I was going to try really backtrack to the audience of all those acoustic sounds. Yeah. Whether they be uh, Appalachian or Celtic or bluegrass or almost Cajun as well. Uh, so that was kind of again, you know. With the album taking you several several years to from from start to 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 finish production and and final product, did you did you feel like the um, did you feel like it, it evolved over those years as the as the pieces were falling into place? For, for sure, um, I I started demoing demos for all those songs and then. As I demoed them and worked with different people, they they evolved and they kind of matured as regards for studio recordings. And when the live version of these changed, they they they, they were just that one thing. But I guess the studio thing was going to be a different hurdle. And they definitely evolved. I, there's songs on the record there that I may have recorded maybe three or four times. Okay. And had mixed and had mixed and even had mastered them. And then at the end of the day, I kind of go, no, that's still not, not huh. there yet. Okay. So when I ended the end of the situation of, of track all the production, I find I, I was working with Shani Gandhi, uh, an, uh, an amazing engineer, mixing engineer, and uh, studio, studio engineer. And she uh, she she worked on the Sergio Rose records and tons of other great records over at Gary Bichos' studio in Nashville. So once I heard, I guess the first she she's doing a lot of engineering. Throughout. And then once I heard, I think our first mix, I knew it was we were on to just a higher level of huh. audio, of, of, of sound integrity, mm-hmm. and mixing the tones. So I was I was delighted once I got to that point. But there was a lot of money spent, and there was lots like there was times when I'd have something mixed and had it mastered, and I presented to to friends or whatever family, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's good," but you know. So I I kind of did scrapped some stuff and went back and started over. Okay. And, and yeah, I couldn't be happier with the, with the end result. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So are any of the folks that you worked with in the studio, are they part of your band, or did you finish that up and then put your band together so that you could take this out? Uh, I'm pretty, you know, when I'm in Nashville, I get lucky enough to call the folks that are on the record. We did a record release there in Nashville in January, early January, and Sam came out and joined us. And Good, okay. Was, uh, yeah, he's with us. Uh, we had um, Eamon McLaughlin on fiddle, who's on the record. Uh-huh. We had Ross Holmes on fiddle, they did twin fiddle, a mandolin. Uh, Ross Holmes was, was in the great band called Chuff Boxer, he was in Tadlock Sky, and Blizzard Hornsby, and Blizzard Mumford and Sons, and everybody. Uh-huh. And then Matt Menefee on banjo also, uh, plays with all those groups. Uh, we had Jeff Thicker on, on bass that night. Uh, Jeff's in Ricky Scout's band. So yeah, I... I we're actually doing our we're doing a a party St. Patrick's Day night show on Sunday nights at Station in Nashville, and it'll, it'll be some of the well, some of the bands from the record will be joining me on, on that show. Okay, so when awesome. I'm when I'm in when I'm in Nashville, I guess we get we get we get spoiled, man. Yeah, where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but but I'm, I'm guessing then you do have kind of a, a regular group of guys that, that if those aren't available and then you've kind of got your band that that takes over. Is that? Yeah, I got a, like I got a, a small club, a touring band. Yeah. Um, that I that I whatever you know just availabilities everybody sometimes I'm playing with. Uh, on on Sunday night we'll have uh, the Christian Shadowmire on fiddle with Christian from Jerry Douglas band, and then sometimes when Daniel Kibble's available, he plays bass with me. He's in Jerry Douglas band. He's yeah. also now in Earl's Lester. So um, yeah, that's it's all about availability. That's you know when you're calling people. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you're out on the road with this project. What is the what's the tour look like? You know, moving into festival season and that kind of thing. Will, will folks be able to catch you out um, yeah. regionally, nationally? What does that look like for you guys? Uh, well, I just signed on with um, a booking, a new, new booking agent. I've kind of been doing all the booking for myself previously. Uh-huh. So we have a book. We're working with Atomic Music now in Nashville. So I believe we will be doing hitting up a few festivals in July into August, and then things will be getting busier from July onwards. Uh, we're doing a little a festival in Asheville, North Carolina, in August called Suds and Strings. Uh, I think there's a, a few other festivals coming in. Now. It's been kind of late, late in the day to be getting into the festival season this year around, but I think we're going to do stuff. It, it's somewhere into the autumn, and then I would imagine um, next year's festival season will be a bit busier for us. Um, I think we're doing more fast and a few other things uh, like 2020. Yeah, okay. Um, we're doing, I think we're doing uh, the Americana Fest in Nashville in September. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the update on IBM is yet, but uh, I'll, I'll check in on that. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so I guess, I, I guess, originally, nationally, yeah, I think we're going to be kind of performing pretty regularly in Nashville as well, so. Yeah, so you've got club gigs, theater gigs, that kind of thing going on in between then, right? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and, and then we're also, you know, just doing openers. Uh, I was doing, last month we were opening with Steve Earl. I did a show with Steve. Yeah, he called sure. Me. I did a show and I'm up in, up in Washington, D.C. That was a blast. That was lots of fun. Um, who else? I'm sure I don't have my... <laughs> I don't have my schedule, yeah. company, but I'm sure there's stuff. <laughs> so, so, and you're based in the D.C., Maryland area? Did I understand that right? I am. We, we're based up here, but I, I, but I think we're going to be relocating to Nashville shortly, so it'll be a little bit more uh, easier for us to, yeah. to, to get in and get out of with, 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 the, with the right yeah. to our yeah. stuff, you know. So obviously you're gonna you're gonna ride this project out as as, as long as you can. Do do you have something coming behind it? Are you already working on new material? What what is it? What's the future look like for you guys? Yeah, it's funny you ask. Well, um, I'm about seventy percent done writing the next one, and I'm, oh, great. I've, I've, I have um, three writing sessions again. At the, uh, I think in next week or two weeks. 25th, 24th, 25th, and then I'm up in City Winery in Chicago with Tim O'Brien on the 27th. So I have a couple of, a couple of writing sessions before we go to Chicago, and um, I'm hoping that the first week of April, that I'm, I'm actually going to be working with a producer this time around, okay. and we are going to try to expand on what, we, what we've done here with North Country. Hopefully, have still have some of the folks that were on, this, on that record with on this one. Yeah, yeah. Jerry and Sam, 
um, will be on there. So I think we're just going to uh, keep, keep keep the uh, vibes of, of North Country, but just expand it a little bit bigger, a bit more lush. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right in the middle of discussing that with a producer or and a singer songwriter that I'm a massive fan of, but I, I we can't mention that as yet. Yeah, okay. But uh, he, 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 and uh, hopefully we can line all that up. But I'm hoping that we'd be going into studio end of April. Oh, good. May. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So if folks want to get a copy of, of the current album, North Country, from Danny Burns, or they want to reach out to you in some capacity, what's the best way for them to do that? They can... Uh, we we signed this record with with a great label out of it, South Carolina, uh, Bonfire Recording Company, which is also Pine Castle Records. Yeah, right. And, and they're great folks down there. Um, they've been doing a great job. So the, the music is available, I believe, everywhere uh, on all uh, subscriptions and however you listen to your music. And it's physically available almost everywhere as well. The vinyl, we're re- releasing the vinyl oh, great. Um, on... April 5th, which we're all excited about. And, um, yeah, North Country, you can get on Amazon, iTunes, and everywhere. So. And, and do you have a, a direct website that they can... We, we do, yeah. Uh, it's dannyburnsband.com. Okay. And then uh, Danny Burns uh, on Facebook and all that other good stuff. Yeah. Instagram and all that. Good. Jazz, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Danny. I appreciate you taking the time off the road to chat with us, and uh, we'll look forward to catching you out there somewhere. Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, Great to chat with you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.